Welcome to the audio version of Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, the weekly live podcast covering everything Comic Con and con culture, hosted by the Englishman himself, Leonard Sultana, and the Commander in Chief of the Friends of Comic Con Forum, Alyssa Franks. This is Season 4, Episode 46, recorded on Sunday the 2nd of July, 2017, a mere 19 days from this year's San Diego Comic-Con. And the goal of keeping the podcast under or around an hour in length was always going to be blown utterly out of the water with all the stuff we had to talk on the show today. Andy Bayback from the Marvel Report joins us to talk about the small screen representation of the company announced this week. Rob Salkowitz brings us up to speed with everything Comic-Con business related. And somehow we also managed to fit in as much as we possibly can without passing out. Not going to lie though, it was close. That's how packed this episode is. Strap yourself in, this is one hell of a ride. We wouldn't be able to do what we do with Talking Comic-Con each week if it wasn't for our kind sponsors of our Patreon. Please follow and donate at patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC. Welcome to Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. It is not a cup of tea, it's a pint of vodka. After this week, it's a pint of vodka or or poutine or something or anything heavily alcoholic because this week has been insane. Um, Welcome along. Um, We are talking 19 days to San Diego Comic Con 2017. It's the 2nd of July. It's this month. We are weeks away. Lots to talk about today, so we are going to dive straight in. Um, we also have, hopefully, another guest who's going to be joining us to talk, certainly about the uh, announcement from the mayor's office and from CCI that was earlier on this week. And we're also going to be talking about uh, the various legal issues that have happened with Comic-Con. We'll hopefully talk to Rob very shortly indeed. But let's go to our other guests first who have joined us. We have Alyssa Franks from the Friends of Comic-Con Forum. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? Uh, well, uh, dealing with bugs, you know, we, we personally have the mosquitoes. <laughs> I have to. We have mosquitoes. We have black flies. We have ticks, two types of ticks. We have noceums. My personal favorite, these little buggers just come out and bite you at, at all hours of the day. And then, of course, there's Andy's favorite. I'm going to throw it to Andy right now. Spiders. <laughs> you know what? Should I tell you something? I'm okay with spiders because it's Spider-Man this week. It is Spider-Man this week. Yes. Yeah, I'm okay with spiders if they're tricked out with Stark technology. There you go. That's the way I'm going to go. Perfect segue to Andy, our Marvel, our Marvel reporter. Indeed, Andy Baybax is joining us as well. Hello, Andy. How are you? She had to bring up spiders again. Uh, I mean, hi, hi, how are you guys doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing really well. If anyone was wondering why we're talking about spiders, because still no sound. So, oh my word! Yeah, we're we're having technical issues. Sorry, before. I don't know what else to do. Can you call me? Um, I haven't got your number, uh, so um, Alyssa may have to do that. Or um, it's can he use his phone, Andy? I'm going to mute myself for a bit. Enjoy your talk yeah. of spiders. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the reason I was late was because I, I, there was a giant spider sitting on my wall. And I cannot do shows when there are spiders out on my wall just staring at me. So, like, I just, like, panicked. I killed it. There was screaming involved. Not from the spider, but it was from me. Uh, so, yeah. So, now, so yeah, now me and Alyssa were sharing our, our stories on, on your, Fox. Your, your phobias. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's, I, I, the thing is, the question I was I, asking both yourself and Alyssa was, um, yeah, how's the week been in terms of preparation for Comic Con? Yeah. And now we're talking just bugs. So that's so. How's the how's yeah, the so I can, So how's, my speakers are working. It's set to the right speak. I'm just gonna put that on mute. So yeah. Um, so how's Marvel Report being dealing with this with the, the news this week? Yeah, no, it was interesting. A, a lot of us were disappointed that Shield isn't going, but we got an explanation that which I'm sure we will be talking about in a bit. And um, you know, yeah, so it, that was like the, you know, like the the shocker of it all that um, that Shield isn't going for the first time in five years. So, but otherwise, we we're, we're all excited. You're bringing so many amazing programming from Marvel Television, and you know, I'm sure there's going to be. Um, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of great small films too, but you know, we will, have, you know, TBA as they like to call it on indeed, their schedules. Indeed. Uh, but I've been well, just curious about these TVs, so, uh, but yeah, but it's been, it's been a good week in terms of like news and so. It's going to be an exciting Comic Con. Well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's just dive straight into it because we have got so much we have to talk about today. Uh, so, um, we're just going to have, we'll, we'll just dive straight in. The, the big announcement from, uh, Marvel that came this week. Uh, what they're going to be bringing. We have uh, several shows that are going to be um, showcased, including uh, the Inhumans. Uh, we're going to be getting going to be getting the Gifted, and of course, uh, Marvel's Defenders and Marvel Spider-Man on the other uh, arms of uh, Marvel. Uh, very quickly to go through the schedule. Uh, when it comes to panels, you have on Thursday in Ballroom Twenty from five till six, you have Legion. 15, 715, Ballroom 20, you have Marvel's Inhumans. So it's very much the uh, the live action stuff uh, in there in terms of, uh, it's basically between both panel days, something new, something uh, old. Uh, on <laughs> Friday, you have uh, in Ballroom 20, from 345 to 445, you have The Gifted, which is the new um, X-Men themed show, uh, which is... Um, Ballroom 20, I think, is an interesting room to put that in. Um, especially when you've got Marvel's Defenders in Hall H. Don't you, do you, I, I thought it would have been very much like the Thursday. They would have been better suited, so like side by side, if you know what I mean. What, what, what was your take on that? Yeah, I was confused because I'm like, wait a minute. Legion and, and Gifted are both Fox. I mean, FX, Fox, but you know. They're still owned by the same network. So I, I, I was like, well, why wouldn't you just put them on Thursday and then you take Inhumans and, and Defenders for Friday? So it was, it was a, I mean, maybe it's actors availability. Maybe it's something like that, but it's also like, you know, these actors. Mind you, it might also just be a, a splitting up of the companies as well. So at least then you, you're not just having a, you're not having a Legion, sorry, a Fox day and a Netflix day. You're kind of separating between the two. I guess that works, but I would have I would have preferred if it had been Legion and Gifted, and then Friday in Humans, and and uh, because it's like when you're doing from a press mode and so on, like I, you know, 
you always have to get into different mindsets with each of these networking companies. Not speaking ill of them, just, you know, saying it's like, you know, it's a different entity. You know, th- there we go. I, I, I was politically correct there. So, um, yeah, I, but I'm interested. I'm, I'm excited for the fact that Defenders got Hall H out of all of them. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, you have got the amount of talent that's involved when it comes to that show, because at the end of the day, it's effectively these small screen Avengers. You have, um, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist all together in the one panel and you kind of get it. It's, it's kind of going to be a big melding pot of all that talent. Hall H, it's on a Friday. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be a, a, interesting to see. I mean, I, I mean, can we all kind of put our hands up whether it'll fill that room? What, um, what do we think? Yeah. yeah. Oh well, there's Rob straight away. He's he's definitely uh, up for a filling up, filling of all H. I mean, I think Ballroom Twenty would have been an absolute lock. Hall H, I think, is a little bit of a more of a uh, an interesting proposition. So that's that's cool. And then on the Saturday, you have Marvel Animation uh, in terms of all of the. Uh, uh, output from that particular end, but also you're going to be getting uh, Marvel Spider-Man, which is uh, revealed. Um, uh, but you also have Marvel Sp- Spider-Man getting its own dedicated panel on the Sunday, which is going to be in room 6A. Um, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people are very interested in the Spider-Man uh, animation because of the way that the, the style that they're bringing to it, and also the, the, the possibility of... Um, uh, Miles Morales being introduced into the series as well. So lots of things uh, being introduced uh, into that. But um, I think a lot of people are very curious as well, uh, and has been correctly spotted, that um, we've got signings which are taking place down on the Marvel booth. Um, to take place on the Thursday uh, between 6.15 and 7.15, and the signing event for the Inhumans is the next day. First thing on the uh, the uh, on the morning, ten a.m., um, which people have kind of noticed that they're uh, kind of doing interesting things with the timings of the signings. They're not doing it directly after the panel. They're definitely wanting to try and get people uh, to almost uh, in, uh, do both, as it were. I, I thought uh, it was interesting the fact that. that. Uh, I know. I, I only I was going to. It was interesting the fact that uh, the Punisher is listed for a signing, but not a panel. So yes. I wonder if John Burfell is going to go crash another panel like last year. And, if, you know, I mean, I love John Burfell and so, but it was just, you know, for me, I kind of like, I rolled my eyes a little bit when I heard he crashed a Luke Cage panel. I'm like, can we get, can, can we give our brother, you know, at least one like solid 30 minutes or hour, like without any, any other defenders, you know, bringing in and, you know, yo, I'm coming too. Uh, so, but yeah, we will have to wait and see what happens. Sure. Um, of course, in the chat room, do let us know what your take on this um, in terms of what you would prefer to do. Would you prefer to do the signings? Would you prefer to do the panels? Would you, are you actually going to try and do both, uh, perhaps? Are you absolutely the Marvel head to uh, have a crack at that? But those are the uh, the panels that were announced today. Oh, sorry, um, earlier on in the week. There was a day where it just seemed to be nothing but announcements. Almost on a half-hour basis, it was just ridiculous. It just they just rolled out. It was just so many. Um, Netflix uh, announced their uh, output um, coming to Comic Con. Uh, um, in terms of, uh, let me just to see if I can uh, bring this up. Um, ah, I can't seem to find it now. Uh, bear with me a second. 
if someone wants to bring up the Netflix uh, output, because the the other one was uh, FX as well, which I was uh, going to uh, do next. So we can do FX, uh, which is Strain um, and Archer uh, is definitely one of the uh, the the headlines for that. Uh, bear with me a second on this. This sounds awfully ill-prepared, doesn't it? But uh, we're kind of balancing all sorts of technical issues as well. But uh, no, it's the Strain and Archer and also Legion as well, because obviously Legion does form the uh, the FX, uh, uh, the output. Uh, Strain is going to be coming to a panel on Thursday between 3.45 and 4.45. And then you've got Legion following that. And then on Friday, you have Archer in Indigo Ballroom, which uh, does seem to be the traditional home of all the animation output. So uh, Archer is going in there from 5.15, 6 p.m. I just wonder um, I just wonder how many people are going to camp out in Ballroom 20 for uh, Legion and Inhumans. I can imagine a lot. <laughs> to be honest... Yeah. I don't know if there's is if I don't expect to be as much as people would think. I I mean not look Legion has a huge fan following. I think Inhumans will too. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean look I'm already obs- I mean let me see if I can bring them up because my first Funkos that I bought oh, were yeah. were my two black balls. Yeah, that's later. <laughs> yeah, no, but, no, these are all, these are all. I got them at WonderCon. Uh, so like, but I I think that like if you want to go to Inhuman because heck. I knew tons of people that were able to get into the shield panel yesterday, you know, last year without having to like really line up or um or something. So I I'm I'm sure like I'm sure they can, people can get into both. Uh but I don't expect the lines to be like whole age long, uh if you know what I mean. I just yeah, um, I wonder if they put in some high um high fan base shows uh earlier on in the day, it it would be interesting to see what kind of fan bases will compete with Legion and Inhumans. Um, you know, like I know the 100 is on a different day, but, uh, you know, just trying to, trying to kind of envision what the whole day is going to look like in ballroom 20. Cause uh, those- Hollywood reporters um, already started uh, rolling up um, their uh, listings. And of course you've got the unofficial blog doing theirs as well. Um, let's go to the Friday. I mean, in Ballroom 20, uh, from 10 while 11, you've got Psych. Uh, you've got iZombie from 11.15 to 12.15. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, get rid of that. Uh, we've got uh, that 100 uh, between 12.30 and 1.30. Um, the Gifted between 3.45 and 4.45. Um, yeah, it's going to be a very busy day. Uh, Ballroom 20 on the Friday is just going to be Insane. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I have noticed that's missing uh, there, obviously, you've got um, a little bit of a gap between um, the 100 and Gifted. Uh, something that hasn't been announced yet is a Buffy panel, uh, a Buffy 20, uh, which you could, would have assumed would have been on um, the Friday, because uh, that's traditionally when you have your anniversary panels. Uh, just having a quick look through uh, Saturday Ballroom 20, which is Riverdale, uh, The Simpsons. Ooh. Yeah. Riverdale! Uh, family, family Guy and uh, American Dad. Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Supergirl. Legends Woo. of Tomorrow. Eh. Black Lightning. The ah. Flash. Arrow. Saturday is just going to be ridiculous. So, yeah, that's Ballroom That sounds pretty light. Sounds pretty light. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. So there is that rather conspicuous gap 
on the Friday, which, if there's ever going to be a Buffy reunion panel, that is, as I suspect, where it's going to uh, hang out. Before we go any further, I just want to check. Hear us. I can hear you. I can see you. All is good. You hear me? <laughs> Excellent stuff. Good stuff. We are we are going to say hello very shortly indeed. So no, I didn't want you to just sort of be sat there and wondering what on earth. Uh, but okay. yes, um, thank you One very much for joining us. bit of interesting news that uh, the blog publish, uh, publicized uh, was that we weren't going to be getting a Star Wars Last Jedi panel. Right. I got there too. I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in there. I got there <laughs> as well. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that okay. I, I, I posted about the same time, if not shortly before then, on the same thing. I get the sneaking suspicion we got the same source on this as well. But yes, uh, basically... Um, I know, I know. Uh, really? Uh, basically, um, you know, I, some, what we're gonna, I was going to cover it later on with the films, but yes... Um, it is uh, looking like, well, it is looking like um, Lucasfilm are not going to be uh, bringing any panels to San Diego Comic-Con uh, because they are going to be focusing on the booth uh, in terms of whatever they uh, bring uh, in terms of Star Wars and uh, The Last Jedi and Han Solo. Uh, Dan Berry, Leonard got it first. <laughs> Leonard, shot for, Leonard shot first. Thought I, I bloody did. Anyway, um, but, but it, it, I, it's something we were, I was going to cover later on because I wanted to talk about the balance between D23 and Comic-Con. So we'll, we'll come back to that. Can, can okay. I just bring up one quick thing on the, on the Friday that I got really excited about that I want people to make sure that they know about? Mm-hmm. On Friday at uh, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., um, if anyone was a huge fan of Jung Justice, the animated show on Card Network that got prematurely cancelled, thanks by Card Network, no grudges, I, I just don't watch any of your programming anymore, uh, they're going to be there at, at Comic-Con at, at Room 6BCF. 6BCF. Yeah, so like, and I, as, as someone who's a huge supporter of that show, if you're looking forward to Jung Justice Outsiders, the third season of the show, you should definitely make sure you hit that that panel and show your support because we we don't want to lose Junkers again. Like we don't want to lose the show because toys weren't selling or whatever. So it's like, be sure to go there if you're if you're a huge animation fan. Yeah. That's all. Okay, right. Well, we'll. we'll uh, I was going to talk about panels a little bit later as well. We we did have a script. Honestly, we had a script. I, I, I am unscript, I am unscripted. Uh, you need to look, is, listen to the flash plug and you will hear that we're, <laughs> I, at least I'm not scripted. Fair enough. Okay. So let's, um, very quickly, uh, then cover the, uh, the Netflix, uh, stuff announced. Um, we knew that we were going, having a booth for the first time. Fantastic. But we weren't too sure what they were going to bring because I wondered if they were going to concentrate on the films and the original content of uh, Netflix. But as it happens, they are very much sticking to the genre stuff. Uh, they're bringing um, experiences. Uh, so there is a number of uh, off-sites that you can do. There's um, a upside-down uh, VR experience, which is going to be taking place, and also the streets of New York as the defenders see them. Uh, you're going to be able to find them in the Hilton Gas Lamp on Thursday, Friday, all day, and from Saturday, Sunday, uh, 11 a.m. to uh, 8 p.m., uh, which is great if you have something to do in the evening. Uh, so you've got those uh, taking place, and they're also going to be bringing a uh, 360 experience uh, to the booth. 
the actual um, content that they're bringing in terms of the films. Uh, you've got uh, the original movie Bright, starring Will Smith, uh, Joel Edgerton, Numi Rapace, Lucy Fry, Edgar Ramirez, and David Ayer, uh, all going to be showing up. Uh, this is Hall H at quarter past three on Thursday. Thursday is showing extremely strong uh, already in terms of what they've got going. Uh, you've got a Defenders panel, which is uh, going to be, we've already talked about, but that is a Netflix uh, um event so uh, that's why uh, it's listed in the netflix uh, stuff and stranger things will be coming on saturday right in the center of the programming of hall h at three o'clock uh, which i think is extremely interesting uh with, which means uh, we may be bounced any kind of anniversary panel or we may be bounced um the women who kick ass panel from hall h uh which um i know is a big um i know uh Eddie Ibrahim is a big proponent of that particular panel. So um, whether it's been bounced or if it's moved, been moved later on in the day, who knows? But um, you usually have your bookends of Warner Brothers and Marvel. Right in the centre, you have Stranger Things at three o'clock. Let's see what else we've got. Um, of course, anything else that you want to jump in uh, when it comes to the stuff in the Q&A, do let us know. Is there anything that's kind of jumped out at you, uh, Rob, in terms of uh, content that you've, that's been announced this week? You know, I've just been kind of pouring over those announcements. Um, I think that Defenders thing is going to be the sleeper hit of the show. I think there's a huge amount of pent-up excitement about that, and uh, people want to see all these characters together. This will be the first chance to do that. So I would not be surprised if that gets a good gets a good um, crowd at Hall H. And the Stranger Things folks have been making the tours of other conventions, and they've been filling these big rooms. And I, uh, I'm not at all surprised to see them at a marquee position, uh, because I think that fan base for that show is just enormous, and people want to hear about the next series. I think the one thing I mean, obviously, we have yet to have. Uh, more movie announcements. Uh, and it has been mostly the television stuff that we've been announced this week. But the strength of the television in all the big rooms has just blown me away. Uh, uh, it's just been, I mean, we also got the announcement, uh, was it on Saturday, uh, regarding Doctor Who, uh, coming to Hall H with the, uh, the last chance to meet up with, uh, uh Peter Capaldi. Uh, because obviously he's uh, going to be uh, moving on at the end of this series. Um, if any, I'm not going to make any comments about Ali that happened yesterday. Oh, um, uh, yes. Um, but uh, yes, uh, he's scheduled to, bo- uh, to bow out, uh, certainly after the Christmas special. So I think it's uh, fun that we're going to get to Peter Capaldi, but um, the question then becomes, will we be getting the new Doctor at the panel, or will that be held off for the season finale? I hope they do. Th- I, I hope they don't do it at Hall A. Because I think I want that to be Capaldi's last thing. Like I don't want anyone to just crash it or whatever. Plus, it was fun in a way where they uh, what was it a few years ago with the Capaldi's announcement? They made it uh, like some sort of televised event. Uh, um, that they took like forever to like introduce a new doctor. They were just like, so who, what do you think about the new doctor? Yeah, they are exciting and whatever. And then, you know, an hour later we finally found out. So, but, uh, uh, I don't, I'm, I mean, they might, they might announce before, um, Comic-Con who's going to be the new doctor. Yeah. They announce it at Comic-Con. It would really say something about how BBC 
views the strategic importance of that relationship because that's their big attention getter ever. So yeah. for them to do but that also the, the financial f the, the financial investment to actually put it into Hall H, especially when you also then do it as a double header with um, uh, Dirk Gently, which quite frankly I expect quite the exodus uh, after Doctor Who. Dirk Gently's good. But it's not all age good. Just gonna be, is it gonna be like that when that, that time uh, when start when JJ Abram was like after his panel like he gave like hey you want to go to the concert and then like everyone left before Kevin Smith panel he's like oh great. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I, I I wanted to bring that up. Uh, I mean, admittedly, you do have um, the cast uh, Samuel Barnett. Uh, you've got Elijah Wood. You've got uh, the showrunner. Uh, Robert Cooper, you've got Hannah Marks, uh, uh, Fiona Durf, and you've got Max Landis showing up for, uh, we'll move on from him, um, showing up for Dirk Gently. Um, I think it's interesting that they, they've moved it from 6BF to Hall H, and I'm just wondering if it is going to be a full hour for Doctor Who, or, and this is something I'd put um, forward and someone said, no, it's going to be the, the full hour, Half an hour each. So BBC America have made the investment for an hour panel only. Because they haven't announced any times in terms of how long the panel will actually go for. What do we think? Is it going to be two separate panels or one big BBC America panel? What do we think? (laughs) I, I tend to think it'll be, we'll just have two separate panels. But uh, it could very well segue easily from one to the other. So, there, you know, there won't be necessarily be a break between them, but there'll be a reshuffling of the stage, for example. Andy? What? I have not heard of the other show um, after Doctor Who, mostly because, I mean, I love Elijah Wood. Uh, not so much as I'm a writer on that show. So, um, but, so I, I don't really have anything to add there. Like, may, I mean, maybe... I mean, I, I think it makes sense what, what Larry is saying, you know, 30 minutes each, because like, what, like, how much can you actually talk about Doctor Who when you're like, because I mean, Stephen Moffat, you know how he's, like, he's hard on those spoilers. And, you know, they're, they're gonna have their Christmas specials. They're probably like, gonna show a trailer, do a quick Q&A, talk a little bit, and then, you know, like, I, I could see a bit like what Larry is saying, 30 minutes each, because there's gonna be so much going on at Hall H that, that's, that Saturday. Wait, is, wait, is BBC doing on Sunday or Saturday? Uh, this is, um, let me just uh, check. It was actually, I did actually write it in. Hang on one second. Um, I believe it's the uh, the Sunday, sorry. No, it's the Sunday. Okay, well then, I I could see them do an hour each, but it depends. I mean, I know Supernatural is doing Sunday too, I guess. Uh, but then I don't know what else what they, what else they could do. So, um, but, I mean, I'm, I think Leonard's idea makes probably more sense because... If I'm Doctor Who, like, yes, you want to promote as much as you can, but at the same time, what can you actually do for an hour without getting it, you know, make, you know, without it feeling like daft or whatever? But, I mean, what, what, I mean, do you think you're kidding? Rob, do much Rob, for an hour? Rob's pulling a face as if to say, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, what can I, they do for an hour? I mean, it, it makes sense from a marketing perspective to try and, you know, stampede the Doctor Who audience into Dirk Gently because Dirk, Dirk Gently needs, needs the help. And, but, I just feel like it, this is Capaldi's last hurrah. They'll they'll do a 
you know, like they'll do a highlight reel of his greatest moments. They'll, you know, I mean, I think there's a, there's a way to milk that and get, you know, and spend the time for his fans and, and for him because that's what it's about. Um, so I, if I were there to see that, I would be a little disappointed if somebody cut in half the time for, for a mm. property that I may not be as interested in. Yeah. I'm actually also very curious to see um, whether um, Moffat will be showing up because obviously there's other opportunities and other things that he can talk about. Uh, Andrew Dickinson is quite saying, quite right in saying, will he be talking about Dracula perhaps, uh, which is going to be the next project which uh, he's doing. Um, no Sherlock? Sorry? Sherlock, Sherlock. Is, sorry, he not, is, he, is he not working on Sherlock Sherlock's anymore? Gone. Sherlock's done. Sherlock oh. is finished. So no, uh, Dr- Dr- the, the end of that series pretty much drew a line under Sherlock. Uh, no, uh, Dracula is his next um, uh, project, uh, which he's going to be doing um, with the League of Gentlemen, uh, Mark Gatiss. Uh, so that's their next project. I mean, they work well together. If you've seen um, uh, Jekyll, which is a stunning uh, miniseries, uh, that was uh, their, a, a great show of theirs. They, they work well together. Their, their writing blends uh, nicely. So uh, I think Dracula could be an interesting project for them. The question then becomes when he'll be bringing that up. Will it be bringing it up as part of this? Will it be an announcement as part of the BBC America panel. Andrew Dickinson's asking, why not do Dirk first? Um, it's a bloody good question. Go on then, you were about to say something, Rob. Well, remember that, that BBC is not the only stakeholder in, in Dirk Gently. That's the IDW series. It's the first one that they have done the direct production on. They're kind of a big player in the Comic-Con space now too, so they may have an interest in getting that promoted. So, I don't know. I'll be interested to see exactly when the announcement is of who's going to be on that, what's what's going to happen with it. And that is a question that's been just asked on the the Q&A. The Real Scouse Dancer has just said, dumb question, but where's the program list for the halls? I'm looking on the Comic-Con website. Can't see it everywhere. <laughs> it's not, it's because it's not there yet. Um, we have no official um, light, uh, announcements yet. That all happened this week. Um, it happens on the um, same day um, concurrent as the actual uh, days of the convention. So we'll be hearing about the Thursday panels on the Thursday, Friday panels on the Friday, Saturday panels on the Saturday, whatever. Next week, we will be doing a massive uh, panels show where we talk about the schedules uh, as announced. And we'll also be bringing up our uh, our little uh, gems, our hidden gems that we spot uh, through uh, the, uh, the the listings and also the, the, the big headliners as well. I can imagine there's going to be a lot of uh, to be announced, as uh, Andy uh, points out, uh, certainly when the uh, people like Marvel and uh, Fox and whoever else will show up, uh, say, "Ah, oh, yes, we're doing a panel. Who's coming to be announced?" Uh, so uh, yeah, it's really, it's really the television stuff where we're, we're actually getting some full-blown details, which I think is very encouraging. Um, okay, is there anything else in terms of announcements this week that we would like to talk about, Alyssa? We did get a big announcement from CCI this week, which uh, I would love to get Rob's take on uh, the announcement that CCI was going to be staying in San Diego through 2021. Yeah, well, we know that that's been in the works for a while, that there's those negotiations are always going on. Um, if you saw the panel that I did with David Glanzer at uh, San Diego Comic Fest in February, and we discussed that, 
And one of the issues is like everybody is saying, well, why don't they just make a permanent settlement about this? And the the stumbling block, as you guys may are probably familiar with, is the is the deals with the hotels. So Comic Con absolutely requires that those hotels make those room blocks available, not for the studios, but for the attendees. So they got to get that hammered out. And the hotels can't commit indefinitely. They they do it in two to three or four year intervals. So the best, the only announcements that we're ever going to get out of San Diego and Comic-Con is we're good for another three or four years. There's never going to be a we're here forever because the um, the hotel chains can't guarantee that. So did um, was part of this agreement was an ex- any sort of expansion of the convention center? I, I'm a little behind. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen what's up with that. I mean, I know that there are two offers on the table in terms of how they're going to expand the convention center. They need to get if they want to get that done by 2020, they need to kind of get going on that. Um, but I have not seen uh, exactly what the what the story is on that yet. Mm-hmm. I know that set for San Diego Comic-Con perspective, they want and need a contiguous convention center expansion. They need it on site. They don't want something three blocks away. So, right. um, so that, the fact that, that they came to an agreement on this indicates to me that maybe the city is, is looking in that direction now. It, it, at one point, um, there's, there was a lot of talk about the um, pop culture bubble bursting. And wondering, uh, I'm going off of the script, Leonard. I am, I am actually. And I'm, I, I kind of was about, this was, this was pretty a buzzword three or four years ago. And it, it hasn't really burst. Um, I am seeing some talk from, uh, there's a, a guy on Facebook um, called Comic Con Tendrils. Um, he does, uh, he does reviews from a vendor perspective about how good, uh, the C2E2 was versus some other cons. And he's kind of indicating that people aren't spending a lot of money, uh, which in 2017. And I, I guess, I guess what I'm asking is, it could that affect San Diego and uh, CCI and, um, it seems like there's not a lot of offsites happening this year, for example. Well, yeah, I, it's, that part of it is curious to me because I know that the, that the Comic-Con International has a sort of complicated relationship with the offsites that they need the spillover to soak up the extra people, but they want to make sure that their own exhibitors have first rights to the wallets of the attendees because those exhibitors are paying top dollar to be in the convention center and CCI wants to be able to say, you know, when those folks come in there, they're going to be walking out with boxes of your stuff. They're not going to be saving their money to spend across the street. So they really have to walk a fine line in terms of protecting the people that are investing in being at their show for that. As for the rest of the space, to me, there's a real, um, you know, I mean, I've been talking about this for a little while, and I don't think pop culture ever bursts as a bubble, but I think that the role of geek culture within pop culture is always on, you know, as good as the last movie or as good as uh, popular taste is on things like that. One of the things we're seeing in the movie world right now is the only 
franchises that are worth a damn are superheroes and particularly Marvel, but DC has kind of righted the ship with Wonder Woman. People are, are I think are going to approach, um, you know, Aquaman and Justice League with a more open mind now post Wonder Woman than they would have before. So that's, that's good news. But then at the same time, you see, you know, Transformers, Mummy, um, the, uh, um, the Pirates of the Caribbean, all of these things that were tent poles are sort of exhausted and that, you know, that, that those wells are not, you know, no water in, left in those. Right. I think there was a whole lot in the universal plans in the first place. So if <laughs> the superhero model isn't transferable to the rest of the entertainment industry, at a certain point, the entertainment industry is going to say, well, there's only two viable, real viable sources of superhero IP and they're both locked up. So we're going to move on and we're going to try other stuff. Well, and that, a, that'll be an interesting had, moment because Comic-Con they has had a, they, thrived on that for a long time. They had a success with Arrival, but it's so hard to do um, this this past year with uh, the innovation of Arrival, the movie. Yeah. But it, you, can't, you can't reproduce that. That's not a... a, a uh, a franchise. Well, even when you get something that 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 is a hit outside of the franchise framework, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, does anybody hold out a lot of hope for the um, Avatar sequels? I mean, they'll be interesting and everything, they're, but they're is that happening? They're actually happening. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have, they, have they filmed anything? Because I feel like since I was like sixteen, all I keep hearing is that we're gonna make six of them, and then I'm twenty three. I'm like, where are they? Where are they, James Cameron? <laughs> The last, the last I heard is happening, but it's, uh, you know, you know, we'll see. And and it's probably well, I think like when, when, they, when, they make, when they when they make that much investment at the Disneyland uh, resorts, that this isn't that's not something that they they create and create those experiences in the resorts without right. having some some content to come. And as far as I'm aware. Two and three are in production. Uh, it's yeah. four and five that they're trying to work out the timings for. But two and three are currently being filmed. So it's, it's already... Pictures. I need pictures. I have even seen the first one, but it's like, I at this point, I'm like, if I don't see any pictures for two and three, I'm like, they're not happening. You can put up a press release all you want, um, whoever's making those films, but I ain't believing it. But I, I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen Avatar in the announcements. I mean, maybe it was there and I missed it. I haven't seen anything with Alien. I mean, the latest Alien movie was you know disappointing commercially. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, but I've heard sort of mixed things about it creatively. So even a you know a tried and true franchise that is superhero adjacent, if not you know like strictly in the genre. So without those sorts of things, that makes it harder to support the structure of this beyond just the superheroes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, who knows what, what, uh, you know, I've been, I've been sort of warning about the, the likelihood of this for a while now. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think we're at a sustainable point with it, but, uh, and then the, the economics of the conventions themselves, um, is a different story. Like there, there are some signs there that that's, uh, kind of a, uh, tenuous, well, I, I was going to ask you uh, if you had any updates on Wizard World because we did a great show with you a few months ago on uh, when Wizard World was in the headlines, and uh, I saw that um, a settlement had been reached with one of the brothers. Um, it seemed to me that the settlement was low, 
but but that he seemed happy with it. I'm suspecting I didn't quite understand everything that was going on and and was wondering if there was any updates. Yeah, it was a stupid situation. It shouldn't have come about in the first place. They paid him off and <laughs> made it go away. But the the news with Wizard World is a couple of things. First of all, their their quarterly financial results and their annual financial results from last year were disappointing. And they have announced that they're cutting back on a couple of shows. That just came this week. And then the former CEO of uh, Wizard World, John Macaluso, just announced this week that he is starting his own uh, convention uh, company. So, you know, now with them, Fan Expo, Reed, Left Field, mm-hmm. now this other company, I mean, that that field is getting awfully crowded. So. Mm-hmm. Now, but that's so I, if he had a non-compete with them, that's expired. Um, so that'll be kind of interesting because he whatever you can say about Wizard World prior to the current regime, they were making money. They didn't know what they were doing. The people who liked those shows liked them and, and, and kept going to them. And mm-hmm. now that guy is going to start his own business. So we'll it, see what happens. It just is kind of interesting what's happening in the rest of the country for all of the conventions, uh, uh, you know, how many how many conventions can Indianapolis support? You know, major okay. conventions or Seattle. Uh, I think you made that point in your uh, the excellent FanFest panel. That uh, I just wanted to to do a shout out to Aaron uh, Hall H for for recording that and posting that on YouTube so we could all see uh, David Glanzer and uh, and you talking. Um, loved loved the comments about it. Um, I was wondering, one other question was, so D23 is right before San Diego. And I, I'm sorry to harp on this, Leonard, because I know you want to talk movies in a little bit, but uh, Star Wars. Oh, talk about Comic-Con. Yeah, well, okay, I'm working on it. Um, but Star Wars uh, Last Jedi uh, is is um, not being shown at San Diego. Um, so I've got to have a feeling that it's, there's going to be something at D23. Do you 100%. have, yeah. I mean, do you have any uh, ideas about, you know, what's going to happen between the two of them? I mean, I know that Disney and Warner Brothers and Hasbro and all of the other big IP owners are looking at this stuff and saying, why is everybody else making money off of our properties at their conventions? We should be having our own conventions, making our own announcements, using them to make our own news. And from the perspective that they're looking at it, you know, you can understand why they're saying that. But, um, you know, it, looking at it from the outside, having a, you know, like a Switzerland, a neutral territory where they can all come to and all present their stuff and aggregate all of these, you know, media and fan eyeballs around the same event makes a lot more sense from every other perspective other than the fact that we're a corporation, we own this IP, we need to own everything about it and not share it with anybody that, so it's, you know, it's like, it's kind of a tragedy of the commons that's taking place here that these guys are going to sort of move in and wall off their own content. They're going to save their best announcements for their own events. Mm -hmm. And uh, frankly, their own events are not going to be as interesting in the grand scheme of things as one big event like Comic-Con or even New York or any of these other places where they can, they can all compete with each other you know, they're going to lose the buzz that comes from, you know, what's Fox going to say at this event? Well, we're, we're not going to know at the Disney event because they're not part of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to lose that scale in the interests of keeping the, the revenue stream for themselves. And that's a, that's, 
that's kind of a business threat to the to the ecosystem, I think. I think it's also Disney and Lucasfilm uh, and Marvel are very canny about the way that they do their press. Um, and I think uh, you, they, you have seen in previous years that they very much don't like to get in the middle of everybody else's. Uh, they tr- like to try and keep the spotlight nicely on themselves uh, and ha- own the, the, the news cycle as long as possible. And I'm thinking that perhaps there is a definite delineation and a separation of the companies. Uh, we've been told that Marvel are going to be coming to um, Hall H. We've been told they're going to be uh, representing big at uh, Comic-Con. So I'm suspecting that we're going to be getting the Marvel stuff uh, at um, uh, uh, San Diego Comic-Con with maybe um, a, ca- a, pa- a, a cast appearance and maybe a new poster at D23. And then you're going to have the, the Lucasfilm and the Star Wars stuff at D23. And repeat at the panel. Uh, sorry, at the booth at Lucasfilm at San Diego. I think there's definitely going to be a, a, a separation and a delineation of the two. And at the end of the day, with um, Star Wars at D23 the week before, they've got a whole week, a week of uh, just owning the headlines uh, uh, on the news cycles, especially if they drop a trip at D23. No, I agree with that. Is that? Yeah. I just sorry, I, I, I just I, just jumped in there. I do apologize. <laughs> I do no no go right ahead. Um, I I I do agree with you that it it it, it seems like it's short sighted um, on on Dis, on Disney's part to to be so protective about the Star Wars and only announce it at D twenty three. Um, I because when it comes right down to it. Oh, you're shaking I, your head. I, I, I don't. I don't see it as protective. I think it's more of just a case of controlling the media. Um, yeah. I, at the end of the day, if it's going, if it'll be announced at D23, if it gets announced at uh, San Diego, if they, if they do it, if they time it right, and if they actually work the media right, they can own the whole week and a half. And, it, and they, it'll still be what people are talking about at Comic-Con a week and a half later. It'll bigfoot everybody else's announcements if it's uh, if it's big enough and cool enough. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's smart. And, the, and the, tra- the trailer on constant repeat on the screens. you got all the action happening towards the booth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Andrew Dickinson saying uh, they may not want to go to D23 because of Solo. At D23, they can control the media. Uh, certainly in regards to the uh, directorial transition that's happening in terms of that. Uh, it's a good uh, observation. I can deal with that. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Dickinson, but there's no social media output from D23. Um, I think we'll be talking about it. I know there's going to be, there's no streamings from the panels and there's no phones allowed inside the halls. But the second those doors are open and someone gets an, uh, a phone signal, you're going to be hearing about what's happening at D23. But the reality is, is that there's only a couple of panels that, are, you know, a couple of big, really big panels. Uh, you know, there's uh, there is the one panel that is, it's happening Saturday morning, which is where we expect all of these announcements that everybody wants to go to. Um, but there isn't there isn't going to be. Um, a Star Wars panel and a Marvel panel and a, a Defenders panel and, you know, because different properties, obviously. But, you know, there isn't um, – they aren't doing the last Avatar. Um, so, 
I, that's, I think that's what I, I'm not as thrilled with about D23 as I am about San Diego is it doesn't have the depth. Uh, that the San Diego does. Well, let me ask you this. If you're a Star Wars fan, which one are you going to? Um, I'm, I, I went to Star Wars Celebration <laughs> in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that throws the question into the mix. Yeah. It's got its own, it's, it's, it's got its own party. Yeah. So I already saw, I already saw some, some neat footage <laughs> on it. Uh, so. But yes, I, I mean, I would, I would like, I would like to see that panel. But I'm just not sure if it's big enough, or if if it's enough for me to spend the thousand dollars on a hotel, the couple hundred dollars on a ticket, you know, the extra time off from work. Um, all of that said, and yes, I've got reservations and I've got tickets already. So yeah. <laughs> so, so. If I, if I could add something to what you were saying, you said, you said a key word there and the, about D23, uh, depth, which I, mm-hmm. I've been, I've been asking this, you know, with some of my, you know, fellow reporter friends and so on, because I mean, I, I've never been interested in D23 in, in the, you know, in the last four or five years that I've been, you know, heavily in the presence so like, I've never been interested because I'm like, it's, Look, I love movies, but I also love television. I feel like if you're going to have something like Marvel and Star Wars, they're like, why don't bring, you know, like, I mean, Star Wars Rebel is going to end this season. Why don't bring, for example, I'm so shocked that, you know, in Human, for example, that is, they're getting this, this kind of a movie marketing, you know, we're showing the first two episodes in IMAX theaters on September 1st for two weeks, but yet they're not going to D23. So that's the thing. If, if probably, if you had asked me like what I would have chosen, Comic-Con or um, D23 for Star Wars, I would probably say San Diego because for one, I will be able to see everything that I want to see anyway outside of D23. I mean, they're probably going to drop something outside of D23 after those panels. At the same time, I feel I can get a full scope of, you know, both of all, of all the whole pop culture genre with t- television and movies. So, so I think in yeah. many ways, like, as much as Star Wars likes to control their stuff and have it most at D23, I think it's a loss at their part because I feel like they could, it would be much. It would feel more full, uh, well-rounded at Comic Con. So, sorry, what were you going to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, th- and uh, this is the miscalculation that I think they're making is that that I think most fans see it that way. It's like at Comic Con, you get something of everything. It's like a buffet of all the different stuff. And if you go to D23, you go to some of this other these other purpose-built walled garden events that are created by the brands themselves. You're just getting like the one dish, and no matter how you know, many courses they're going to serve on that one dish, it's not going to be the same as going to a place where you can get all of the other stuff that's on offer at Comic-Con. And that, you know, they're, di- they're different models. So, um, or if, if they, D23 seems like it's geared for animation, you know, the animations, the Mulans and, and, and that, and it's geared towards the superheroes and it's geared towards Star Wars and they're separate. Those are three separate audiences or two, at least two separate audiences. You know, the, the, um, all of the, the Disney princess and, and Mickey Mouse stuff. Um, and forgive me for the generalization because I don't watch those types of movies anymore. Um, you know, they don't belong with the superhero genres. In my opinion. Well. So anyway, that's a D23. <laughs> okay. Um, before we um, kind of cover some more of the, certainly the Comic-Con announcements of the week. Um, and one more question I wanted to put to, um, to Rob uh, is uh, if you can bring us an update, please, 
of uh, San Diego Comic-Con versus Salt Lake Comic-Con, which uh, <laughs> has uh, proven to be a, an interesting uh, story, which has hit the lines headlines this week. Um, and certainly the way that the both sides have approached the legal case. And now that it's going towards a judge, you can give us a, an update of that uh, story, please. Sure. So I just wrote a big story about this on Forbes on Friday that sort of went through all of it. I assume that your listeners and viewers are familiar with the general issues. Essentially, San Diego Comic-Con is suing Salt Lake City for uh, trademark infringement for using the term Comic-Con. Uh, Salt Lake City's defense of this is Comic-Con is generic. The term existed before San Diego trademarked it. Their trademark claim is invalid for certain technical reasons that they're looking into and um, that there is an issue of even if they own it, they were licensing it improperly, and because they licensed it improperly, that puts it in the public domain. Those are the, that's the nature of uh, Salt Lake City's claim to this. So they, there was a court-ordered settlement last week, a settlement conference in San Diego last week where depositions were taken. So there was some motion that happened on the legal front. This has been going on since 2014 um, after Salt Lake City sent a car wrapped in Salt Lake City Comic-Con branding to San Diego, where it was mistaken in a couple of cases for being branded with uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And that really hit the hot buttons for San Diego Comic-Con on a number of fronts. So I think that that's what precipitated this particular legal action. Anyway, they went to the settlement conference. The, the, they were not able to settle. Both sides are moving for summary judgment, which means they want the court to just look at the facts of the case and say the other side has no case here. Go away. So they both filed papers for this, and the papers are public if you know where to look for them. Um, Salt Lake City took the extraordinary step of not only posting their motions online, but actually putting out a promoted post on Facebook to make sure that everybody that's interested in Comic-Cons gets to see all of this ugly laundry being done. They have, they have, they've really put it out into the open, haven't they? They've really pushed it front and center. And I did quite like the, the wording that you used in the, the Forbes piece about the it being a... David and Goliath. So like, yeah, they really want to make it look like Big Bad Comic Con is coming after us, the little guy, and they singled us out. And there's like dozens of other shows that call themselves Comic Con. And why are they coming after little old us and everything? And, you know, at a certain level, I think there's a there's a gut level revulsion that people feel that a big company is able to trademark a term in common use like Comic Con. And you're thinking, how do they get away with that? Like, they didn't coin that term. The term Comic-Con was in existence before San Diego, even 45 years ago. Um, so, you know, where do they get off doing that stuff? And I think that's a that's a common sense reaction that a lot of people have. The bottom line is that the legal issues are a lot more complicated than that. There is reason to believe that San Diego Comic-Con has a valid trademark claim on this. But the most inflammatory thing is if you went and you downloaded those papers, they're no longer available at the site. But one of their filings suggested that an officer of Comic-Con and under advice of counsel perpetrated fraud on the patent office by how they applied for that patent, how they applied for that trademark in the first place, and then perjured themselves in the deposition when they were explaining what happened. Those are allegations of criminal misconduct. Fraud and perjury are not civil things. Those are criminal complaints. And they named people by name in this thing that they made public on their site that's no longer there. Um, so that's a real escalation in the hostility uh, between that. Um, Comic-Con's response to the uh, – they, they didn't deal with that particular issue. I can't imagine that they're terribly happy with it. 
uh, as you guys know, getting Comic-Con to talk about even stuff that they like talking about can sometimes be a struggle. <laughs> this is something that they don't like talking about, so they, they have no they have no public comment on any of this. Um, but I did get a look at their at their filing, which is also public, and the, their um, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not, you know, this is what we have courts for is to settle this stuff. Let's just say that there's two sides to this story and the Comic-Con side of it is amply documented and uh, uh, aggressively argued. So this thing is going to trial. The judge is going to rule on these summary motions. I would be very surprised if either of these sides prevails on the summary judgment because there's there are issues at stake here and it does need to get adjudicated on the actual issues. Um, but once the trial happens, that's going to be quite interesting because, um, you know, uh, we don't hear that much from the Comic-Con side, but they, they are uh, loaded. If you read my article on Forbes, I quote from their uh, from their filings, um, which I don't think is. I'm actually I'm, I'm actually I'm actually really curious because the way that the um, Salt Lake um, press release or the piece that was uh, put on Facebook uh, made it sound it made it sound like and I think a lot of people seem to think that San Diego Comic-Con have this army. Yes, they will have a very nicely represented legal office that they refer to, but they it, it almost feels kind of like Hollywood in the way that um, it's represented uh, on uh, in uh, by uh, Salt Lake. And the, the actual wording seems a lot more inflammatory than the actual case does. I mean, which is why I'm really surprised about the... Uh, the criminal proceedings that uh, may uh, come about as I, I didn't know about that. Uh, that I that don't was... think, I think that I read that document and my jaw was on the floor. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but reading that I was saying, my God, did an actual lawyer write this because it was really, um, and hopefully it goes away. And it's like, I don't want to make too much of it, but they did put it on their website and they did a promoted post and they encouraged people to go and look at this stuff. So it did get out. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the news reports uh, subsequently didn't cover that, um, which I think is good. Uh, but I, I just wanted to note that this is a tactic that they're using. And it's, um, you know, the Comic-Con's point and the point that I tried to make in my article, because there's a lot of media coverage of this. And all of media that I can tell is getting their information from Salt Lake City, from the from the documents that they're making public. So consequently, the media coverage is reflecting that angle on what's going on uh as a journalist that kind of offended me i thought there, there are two sides here and we need to look at it um and you know i mean honestly when you think about the term comic-con what it means today i mean prior to san diego if you said comic-con it was a room full of guys selling old comics out of white boxes in a hotel basement somewhere like that's what comic-con was yeah. no marketing person would call their event a comic-con in the hopes of getting non-fanatics to come to this now, if you use the term Comic-Con, it automatically suggests celebrities and costumes and giant crowds and fun events and all of that. And the reason for that is what San Diego and Comic-Con International have done with their event. And so are capitalizing on our trademark to make their own money and they're not paying, they're not licensing it. They're not giving us any opportunity to say, you know, to, to, to explain what their event you know, to, to, uh, you know, govern what the term Comic Con should actually refer to. That's an interesting claim, and we'll see what, we'll see if it's a legal claim. 
There's something I wanted to come back to in terms of, uh, to bring it full circle, with the announcement that we had from uh, the mayor's office and from CCI this week in that, in that long-term investment into, well, a couple year, more years' investment in San Diego through to 2021. What sort of damage could this court case do to the brand of San Diego Comic-Con? And I can imagine that the mayor's office is going to be paying very close attention to this legal uh, this legal battle. Yeah, I don't think that it's really going. I mean, it's kind of an inside baseball story. I think that the results of the of the case are that either um, Salt Lake City prevails, in which case they can continue to call themselves Comic Con, and then the term Comic Con becomes uh, open for use elsewhere, um, which would be. Kind of bad, but I mean, Comic-Con with a hyphen, I mean, the Comic-Con brand is so well established that I don't think it, in the long is it, run... Is, it, is it Teflon at this point? It is Teflon at this point, because I don't think anybody cares about this particular stuff. Or San Diego prevails, in which case the term Comic-Con is well established as a licensed thing, and that, um, you know, other organizations that call their events Comic-Con need to do business with Comic-Con International to be able to do that. You know, I mean, I don't okay. think either way it affects it affects San Diego. Fair enough. I, I'm just curious to because a lot of people have a lot of goodwill towards uh, San Diego Comic Con, but I've been reading a lot of, online where water, if you know what I mean, it's it's they're starting to feel a lot of antagonism uh, on both sides. Or well, certainly well, on Salt Lake, Salt Lake, Salt Lake City side. has been has been using that argument. A lot, and if you go to their site, there's a huge thread of comments that's all very negative against uh, uh, Comic Con International on that stuff. And you know, Comic Con has been keeping quiet about it, and the courts take a dim view of, of litigants arguing this stuff in public in that way. So, um, you know, we'll see if that affects the uh, the outcome of the case. But yeah, I mean, that's their that's their um, defense strategy is you know, kind of stampeding fan opinion on this on this subject, and it's not. Uh, it's unsavory. It's just not. It's just not good for the community. It, it seems. I, was, I mean, it's also. That, sorry. It seems also that Salt Lake City's um, that their argument plays into the confusion that a lot of uh, fans, a lot of people who go to conventions have. They're they don't understand the distinction between a CCI show and a Reed Pop show or a Wizard World show or a. So it it yeah. it blurs that. Well, how many of us, you know, when we tell our friends, oh, we're going to Comic-Con in San Diego, um, you know, like 10 years ago, everybody would have known exactly what that was. Now people say, oh, we just had a Comic-Con in, in you know, in Columbus or in, you know, in mm-hmm. Seattle or in Albuquerque or wherever. And they think that it's a it's like a it's like a road show of the same. Uh, you know, it's like when Broadway shows go out on the road and, you know, it's like they'll bring the same cast and it's all organized by the same people. And it's not. And the reputational thing is if a Comic Con locally sucks and people are pissed off and they, they post all this stuff online about how bad it was, then people think, oh, why, how did San Diego Comic Con screw up and, and, and do this bad con in Houston? And mm-hmm. so they get the reputational hit because people are calling themselves the same thing as they are. So I think they have a they have a grounds for defending their their, their trademark. I think it was very interesting in terms of the the timetable of uh, uh, hearing about the court case and also the the announcement from the mayor's office. What's the timetable in terms of this legal 
uh, event because it was all supposed to be happening at the beginning of the week, just gone. What's the timetable now of it, the actual case well, going in front of a judge? My understanding is that the judge is going to rule on a summary on the summary motion sometime in September, and if they oh. don't, if it's not dismissed, then it'll it'll be in trial um, later in the fall. And I think that the timing of the mayor's announcement it was just coincidental. I mean, as I was working yeah. on this story, this stuff was coming out about the settlement. Like you know, again, Comic Con really, really, really didn't want to talk about this, especially with their event coming up. But I did feel like it was not okay for one side to be the only side in this in this argument. So that's so I wanted to get my story out there um, so at least people could see the issue in the fullness of it. I posted a link to your article in the live chat, and I'll try. We'll try and make sure that 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 gets out so people can understand the issues um, and in what's happening. Thank you. And if, that. I, and if I could uh, just take a second and circle back because we were talking about the programming stuff. Um, if I could uh, take a moment to, to uh, blow my own horn a little bit because I'm doing some programming at at Comic Con, and I would love to let your uh, audience know a little bit about that. <laughs> Do we have a second? Go for it. <laughs> um, so the the one that I really want to um, mention is on Friday afternoon, I'm doing, this is the second year in a row, I'm doing uh, Pop Culture Shark Tank, which is, if you watch the Shark Tank show, uh, where basically startups with business ideas get to pitch to our panel of sharks. So our panel this year is uh, David Steinberger, who's, the, of course, the founder of Comixology, um, Ted Adams, uh, founder of IDW, and Susie Ryu, who is the VP of technology investment for Adam Factory Venture Capital in L.A. that specializes in entertainment and pop culture properties. So we've got A-list people on the judges' podium, and I'm inviting uh, anybody that has a, a business plan, like an idea for a startup company in this space uh, that has a well-developed plan that wants to, you know, do a 90-second pitch, tell our panel what you're up to, who your audience is, Last year, we had four amazing people that, that presented ideas. Our winner was a nonprofit, actually, out of Atlanta that had raised close to $100,000 for uh, putting video game consoles in uh, children's hospitals. And the founder of this company is 16 years old. Amazing young man. Um, and and so we, I, I know that there's a couple of companies that are ready to pitch. Anyway, it's going to be a really exciting hour. That, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I have, what time I have on Friday? A bunch of other... A bunch of other random, uh, really, uh, everything from underground comics on Thursday. I'm doing a, uh, something on how to get press attention on Thursday morning. Um, retailer uh, panel on Thursday afternoon. Shark Tank on Friday. Entrepreneurs panel with um, some really interesting people, including uh, Dinesh Shamdasani from Valiant and some of the other folks that I talked about on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I am doing... Uh, the spotlight panel for Comic-Con guest of honor, uh, Sarah Glidden, who did this sensational graphic novel, Rolling Blackouts, uh, which is uh, about her uh, travels in uh, Syria and uh, Turkey and Iraq uh, a couple of years ago, and the book about comics journalism that she made uh, for that from uh, Drawn and Quarterly, and that should be really fun. I had her as a guest at my uh, at the class I teach at University of Washington, and she's a brilliant talented cartoonist and somebody with a lot to say about journalism and current events also. That sounds wonderful. Cool. What sounds like you're going to have a busy weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you will certainly find me at the bar afterwards because I'm going <laughs> to need a drink after each one of those days, I think. 
Reminder of the, the times for those. <laughs> so uh, I think Comic-Con would prefer that I not reveal exact times and schedules until their programming comes out, but Thursday morning for press attention, followed by uh, Underground Comics, Thursday afternoon for retailer, the big one Friday afternoon, I dare say sometime around 3 o'clock for a pop culture shark tank. Um, Entrepreneurs panel is Saturday uh, bumming me out because it means I probably won't be able to get to see The Flash. Um, and then uh, Sunday afternoon uh, when your feet are killing you and you need uh, just to go and chill out um, and, and listen to a good conversation, uh, Sunday afternoon, a couple of hours before the show closes for Sarah Glidden. Anybody that's in town on Tuesday, I'm also doing a, uh, some event at the Public Library on Comics and the Law uh, with a really cool panel of people talking about legal issues, probably including this trademark nonsense, um, as well as a bunch of other stuff around intellectual property rights and other things related to comics. What time on Tuesday? Tuesday at, I think it's 4 o'clock. I'm going to tweet it out. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you can retweet it, and I'll post that. Um, it's a really interesting um it happens every – the Law Society of San Diego has done it every year. Um, I'm filling in for my pal Batten Lash. It, it needs to be at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon because by 4 o'clock, all of us are starting to do meetups and parties and at the bar. All right. <laughs> on Tuesday? So, yeah, on Tuesday. <laughs> well, you guys don't waste any time, do you? Oh, no, we no, we around. don't. We don't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed for uh, those updates, uh, Rob. Of course, uh, stick around if there's anything you want to chime in with the other announcements we've got. I want to go back uh, to Andy now because uh, we kind of did skip over something that uh, didn't um, get, well, um, was a noticeable absence when it came to the announcements. With the small screen stuff coming to Marvel, there is one uh property which isn't going to be coming this year. Uh, and uh, Andy, if you'd like to talk to us about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., please. Yeah, so for the first time in five years since they debuted at San Diego Comic-Con, S.H.I.E.L.D. will not be going to the Comic-Con. Now, if anyone who's wondering, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been renewed for fifth season, so it's not that, you know, it's because they're being canceled or anything like that. But, um, yeah, um, Jeffrey Cola, who is the transmedia producer of Marvel Television, he put up a tweet confirming that they will not be attending Comic-Con this year, but they will be at New York Comic-Con this October for anyone, you know, to, you know, to comfort people some. And then Clark Gregg, who plays Phil Coulson, put up some funny, <laughs> uh, a charming, like, half statement. And then, like, he went into that for, like, you know, we're very sorry we can't go, but, you know, we're going to be at New York Comic-Con. So, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I, in some ways I understand why, but in some ways I don't understand because, okay, from, on one hand, the show doesn't come till 2018, but at the same time, Black Lightning and Krypton are not coming till 2018 on, on, look at DC. So I'm like, why couldn't Shield go? And, you know, and I, I will say that in the last few years for Shield, like they, because they always start filming after Comic Con uh, for their new season, they usually don't have much to show. They they bring it, they bring the blooper reel, and then some some other film present, you know, video presentation, and then they announce, oh, Ghost Rider is coming to Shield or something like that. So I maybe they just feel like this year, since we can't really share much because they're they're finale and on a huge cliffhanger. So maybe they just feel like maybe we don't really have anything to show this time. So. But it's still it's still very sad because you know Shield like I mean I was there for the first pass I was in the second row in the middle like you know I started chanting you know like, you know when Clark Gregg walked out I started sh- chanting Colson everyone started chanting Colson and then you know we saw the pilot it was one of the best times of my of my Comic Con history so it's uh, it's sad that they're not going but you know I'm hopefully they will have some cool stuff in New York Comic Con that. 
people will get to enjoy. But it w- it's still weird because they're bringing almost everything but S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as there's no Cloak and Dagger, there's no um, Runaways. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, I was mixed about them all. There's some noticeable absences, isn't there? Yeah, maybe they will announce Runaways and Cloak and Dagger later, but like, I don't know, like, has Hulu really had a big presence at Comic Con as well as Freeform in the past few years? Like, I, I, I haven't really noticed that, you know, since, you know, when I do press rooms, I never really see any Hulu, uh, Freeform shows doing any press there, so. There is hope that we're, we'll see, uh, something for The Handmaiden's Tale. Okay. That's, you know, that's, uh, a lot of people have their fingers crossed on that, but as of yet, no word on it from, what I've heard. I haven't seen a lot from Hulu any either. So I know Amazon, I believe Amazon did a, a panel, a series of panel, um, press rooms at, um, uh, New York Con last year. So, and hopefully Netflix will do some. That would be nice. That would be Excellent fun. Stuff. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you very much indeed for giving us that little bit of an update on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like you say, it does seem to be something they're holding off for, certainly New York Comic Con, uh, down, down the pipe. Okay. Um, what we are going to be doing now is the CCI announcements that came out this week, of which there were loads. But afterwards, we're also going to be going into exclusives. We're not going to go into all of them, because if you did go through the uh, Comic Con announcement, it was Pages long. There was loads to uh, to announce when it comes to the exclusives. Uh, certainly more than I was expecting. Uh, but uh, what we are going to do? Oh, I think Rob's uh, vanished now at this point. So, bye, Rob. Uh, take care. Um, so yeah, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to put to our Q and A now. Uh, we'd like you to pick your favourite uh, exclusive that has been announced so far. Okay, have a think. Uh, put it into the Q and A. Your favourite exclusive, and we'll uh, see if we can showcase. And I am going to hope that Andy and Alyssa are going to pick one as well. And we're going to uh, talk about uh, exclusives in a second. But uh, first things first, let's go also through the uh, the Comic-Con announcements. Plenty of Toucan stuff that got announced. And it was mostly also stuff that um, they were going to talk about anyway. But a big headline, each um, announcement that came out, there was a big headline. So, for example... Uh, we had ourselves our uh, announcement of number nine, which I believe took place on uh, Friday, uh, which was regarding the change to the badge and registration pickup, which is going to be taking place in Sales Pavilion this year on the upper level of the San Diego Convention Center. Pretty much they're moving everything uh, from the ground floor upstairs. Admittedly, this is kind of expected seeing as that a lot of people are not needing to pick, collect their badges anymore. Uh, at the end of the day, they're all getting mailed out suddenly to North America. Uh, but certainly for people uh, who are international, the industry exhibitors and professionals and press will all be collecting their uh, their badges, their bags, their books and lanyard upstairs in the cell pavilion. But there were also some interesting things in terms of the way uh, some things were moved, including the art show that is moving to the Grand Ballroom C in the Manchester Grand Hyatt um, which I find interesting because the art show is, for me, a big element to uh, San Diego Comic-Con. It's somewhere where uh, a lot of incredible creative talent is showcased. And when it was in the sales pavilion, it was admittedly, a lot of people went, ah, it's there, it's over there, we know where it is. But it was something that you could, you knew had a presence in Comic-Con because it was visible every single time that you walked through sales pavilion. Here... The, the Manchester Grand Hyatt, at the end of the day, is 
quite a distance away from the convention centre. And I do feel that perhaps it is being mar- not so much marginalised, but certainly moved out of the way and um, kind of pushed into a corner, which I, I feel is a bit of a, a, a disappointment, disappointment for myself. Then you also have stuff like uh, the uh, Blood Drive, which is also moving to uh, the Manchester Grand Hyatt, uh, but I believe that that was... Um, that's that was kind of on the cards that would uh, we understand that was uh, pretty uh that was on the way uh the international film festival is in the marriott, marriott grand ballroom but a lot of these things were in the marriott, marriott anyway but they're now getting moved into some of the new buildings and some of the new rooms that are there so the grand marriott grand ballroom three and four is holding the international film festival uh the games uh is now moving uh from uh uh, to Pacific Ballroom 21 and 22 in the Marriott, uh, which I, I think is uh, interesting. Uh, although the convention center games apparently are still getting placed in the mezzanine level, but apparently that is getting smaller this year. Uh, they are moving other content into those rooms. Uh, the hospitality suites in the Grand Ballroom of 5 and 6. Uh, the playback room is going to the Marriott Marina Ballroom D and E. Um, which means, again, you have to go a little bit of a distance to watch that. Um, the uh, volunteer registration is moving to Marina Ballroom FG out of the convention centre, which means you have to go, uh, again, a little bit of a further distance to actually do your volunteer registration. They do seem to be concentrating a lot of new content in the convention centre itself and moving it, uh, all this other stuff, a little bit out of the way. I oh, think the, vol- the, vol- the volunteer reg was in uh, the Marriott MMM last year. Okay. So that's not so much a move, I don't think. Okay. I think it's- it was. I think it was in the Marine Ballroom, if I recall correctly. Um, but still, the height moving the art show to the Hyatt is, in my opinion, huge, yeah. and not necessarily in a good way so they're moving all of the registration press badges and and all of that upstairs what are they going to put downstairs any ideas not a clue um but the we do well we the thing is we also do know that the convention center is still doing ongoing work on the building including the elevators which is uh, sorry the escalators sorry which is where those uh, badge pickups certainly for industry and press all took up space so it's very much a case of they're kind of moving out of the way. Um, the international badge pickup did take place in the uh, uh, the new Marriott uh, extension, which was really nice, actually. It was a really um, cool way to collect your badge and uh, to be introduced to this new building. But we're now it's all getting now moved upstairs to sales. Uh, so uh, it's all lining up in front of the convention center with everybody else uh, for us uh, international attendees. Uh, but um, that was the announcement on um, Friday. Uh, Saturday, we had ourselves the uh, special programs at the San Diego Central Library, uh, which includes the Talking Comics with America's Educators, the Comic Conference for Educators and Librarians. Plenty of stuff happening at the Central Library, actually. They've already kind of got the, the vast majority of their uh, their content up uh, if you head to Toucan. Uh, I there's a couple in there which really do jumped out, uh, did jump out at me. On the Thursday, the graphic novel and manga programming for uh, teens and tweens in our diverse communities for any budget. That's going to be an interesting um, uh, panel, if anything, because of the, it talks about the future 
of uh, comics and programming and uh, the way that uh, uh, comics are slowly but surely uh, developing in terms of diversity and uh, manga being introduced and uh, embraced. Um, also, the Proster panels uh, panel jumped out at me, which was on the Friday at three o'clock. Um, the graphic novels in the high school library, as anyone who knows and has watched this show on a regular basis know, I'm a firm advocate for uh, comics and graphic novels in any library. Uh, I think they should have a separate section and they just really should be more embraced. So, uh, no, that should be uh, an interesting panel. And, uh, yeah, lots of stuff being programmed in the uh, in the San Diego Central Library. If you do find yourself uh, stuck for something to, uh, to kind of take on board, uh, I really would uh, recommend having a look through that programming. Um, and then we had, and I believe was this yesterday, uh, this is the convention policies uh, panel, uh, sorry, um, uh, post regarding the uh, the nuts and bolts of what CCI are doing in terms of uh, running the show. Uh, one of the things that did jump out, of course, was the comics props policy, which has been uh, a, a lot of people's uh, front and center uh, in terms of what they've been talking about in terms of Comic-Con and also other conventions as well. So this kind of related to what CCI have responded to in terms of comic props. Once again, no functional props or weapons allowed in Comic-Con. That's not exactly new. But they are introducing a second props desk, which has been added near the outside door in the lobby of Hall C2. Uh, so uh, you've got two now. You've got a lobby of Hall E, or Hall e and Hall C2. So you've got two ways to go in uh, when it comes to your costumes. Um, it certainly will be... Um, a little bit more of a con congestion because at the end of the day, I suspect CCI are going to be taking on board all of the uh, the concerns about uh, fake weapons uh, in terms of uh, conventions and Comic-Con. Very curious to see how it's going to go in terms of the business with the functional and real arrows having the tips removed, but that's not exactly new. Um, it's just the, the fact that they are spending, I think, more time investigating uh, costumes. It's not just going to be a, okay, you're okay, move on. You're okay, move on. Mm -hmm. They are opening two desks to make sure that they are really going to spend some time on this. I mm -hmm. uh, don't know if there's been any chatter on the uh, forum about that. Um, um, a little bit, Alyssa. but I have to say that I'm glad that they are going to, instead of outright banning everything, um, that they are going to take the time and look at the individual prop props um i am my i am cosplaying i uh, i if i get brave i will be cosplaying <laughs> and my character does involve a pistol and um not a blaster type. i, I want to see you dress as uh tomb raider i'm sorry but if that's what it's, if that's what it's going to be i want to see her as a female punisher <laughs> I that now that one might be interesting. I would like that, Andy. <laughs> and my job here is done. Thank you very much, everyone. I will see you next week. <laughs> Same time next week. Absolutely. Same back now, definitely, uh, definitely something that's uh, rather uh, covered up and and female warrior type. That's definitely in in my frame. However, I'm gl I'm glad that they're taking the time to look at it because prop weapons in cosplay are such an integral part of the costuming, and it would be a shame not to be able to have those. And if you've ever played with a prop weapon, you can't even pull the trigger. I mean, these are 3D printed, so I mean it's. 
there there are no moving parts in these. Yeah. So, um, I have no other no other comments on that. Fair enough. Back to okay. <laughs> right. Cool. Uh, well, let's uh, move quickly on to um, the exclusives. Then this was announced on uh, Monday. Um, and my word, did they drop uh, one hell of a list. Um, it was uh, all the uh, the booths and all the items, uh, the item counts for the various bits and pieces which you can pick up as exclusives. Admittedly, a large amount of them are going to be available outside the convention past San Diego Comic-Con, but it's a case of getting your exclusive in first and making damn sure that you've got hold of it. Uh, certainly some items jumped out at me, which I was uh, particularly uh, happy to see. Um, Hero Within. It's good to uh, see that they're getting their first exclusive this year, as they're getting or uh, they're doing a um, a Wonder Woman uh, T-shirt, which you can uh, buy. Which I can imagine with the rest of the Hero Within stuff, the uh, Tony Kim uh, produced items, it's going to be incredibly high quality. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing uh, what that's going to look like. That's going to be available at uh, booth 1019. And uh, yeah, they've only released it's just the T-shirt for now, but uh, no, that looks like fun. Um, let's go through a couple of the uh, suggestions that have come through on the uh, the uh, the Q and A. Uh, we've got ourselves uh, Ian O'Hara saying the uh, Star Wars backpack, uh, which uh, jumped out. So, yeah, that as far as I'm aware, I'm not too sure if that's actually been announced where that's going to get sold. But uh, no, that's uh, there was a, a release of all this. StarWars.com did a, a post on all the exclusives that are going to be available. And, uh, yeah, the Star Wars backpack uh, jumped out. Depends which one you're thinking of, though. The Rebel or the uh, the uh, Imperial one? Because uh, I know that a friend of mine is quite tempted by the Rebel one. Uh, so there we go. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Karen Session, all the Harry Potters from Funko. Uh, yes, there was some some very nice uh, figures. And I think a lot of people are still l looking at the, uh, the Occamy. Uh, from Fantastic Beasts, that is still uh, incredibly popular when it comes to the the Funkos. Uh, Michael Leventhal, 3A, uh, but they are sold out and have announced previously. Okay. Uh, Kitty Gunn, the Alex Ross Frankenstein monster. Yeah, we showed you this uh, a picture of this last week. Um, yeah, very, very nice indeed. Although, it's not actually listing on the Alex Ross exclusives on CCI. That is only showing on Alex Ross's Twitter as being available. It's the two, um, uh, there's the Dracula one and the Frankenstein's monster. Not showing on Alex Ross's um, listings on CCI. Uh, mostly for Alex Ross, there's a, there's a sketchbook hardcover. Um, there's um, a, a whole bunch of lithographs, uh, mostly uh, DC and Marvel. Very, very pretty indeed. But no, the, uh, the, the uh, Universal Monsters stuff is not on that listing. Uh, Angela Copley is saying that the uh, Gravity Wall, uh, Falls minifigures from UCC Distributing has jumped out. And, uh, yeah, I think myself and Alyssa both quite like the uh, suggestion from Cedric Carmichael, which is the 2001 Space Odyssey pin, uh, which you can get from Mobius Models, which is uh, quite nice. Uh, yeah, very, very pretty. I've got a couple of others, too. I, I'm not quite sure, though. Um, the, there's a Star Wars 40th Anniversary Limited Edition denim patch backpack from Loungefly which um, looks quite, quite nice. It's at booth 2013. Um, looks like something that I could, you could wear every day, you know, use, use every day as, as just a really comfortable uh, backpack. 
the other one um, that I, being a Trek fan, that I really am, am thinking I'm going to do is uh, there's a Star Trek uh, TNG 30th um, anniversary mirror mirror pin. And uh, it's uh, uh, free with a $50 purchase at ThinkGeek. Um, this is a, it's a, it looks like it's going to be about this tall, uh, with a sword and shield and Star Trek mirror universe on it. Um, that one looks to be really good, uh, interesting too. And if there's other things at Think Geek, and they usually do a patch. If you, um, the last time I was at Think Geek, they, um, had a special patch that you, if you wore your, um, your, your special bag, the, uh, the bag of holding yeah. <laughs> that they've got the Velcro on the outside. If you had that and you brought it to the booth, they would give you a special patch for it. So you may, that, that may work out this time too. It's at 3349. Um, also just if you want to take a look at some interesting art, uh, Bill sign, sign to which <laughs> Leonard, you're going to have to help me with that. How to spell that. Uh, which one, sorry. Uh, S I E N K I E W. Sinkovich. Thank you very much. Sinkovich. <laughs> See, this is why I keep you around. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. She's not lying. <laughs> um, he's gonna. He's got a couple of exclusives um, of uh, prints that he's done. I happen to really enjoy his artwork. Um, he's got a, a new mutants limited. Um, uh, SNN portfolio, um, of 11 by 17 prints. Uh, it's, it is kind of pricey, but, uh, certainly worth, worth a look. I love his artwork. Uh, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's $100. It's not cheap, but then again, yeah. it's Bill Sinkovich and the, the man can, it, it's very much like Alex Ross. The man knows the value of his stuff and he, it's, he puts appropriate prices on, uh, his, uh, his work. Small story. Uh, yeah, uh, the... <laughs> Small story. When I was first starting to buy original artwork, I was looking at a print, an advert that he had done for Moon Knight. And I was thinking, oh, I'll go up to $800 for that piece because it was gorgeous, just drop dead gorgeous. It ended up retailing for somewhere like 4000 <laughs> So, yeah. Moving yeah. on. Back okay. to you. Lauren. Moving on. Okay. Uh, let's go uh, through a couple of the others that have uh, come through because people have actually just uh, uh, informed me now of uh, something that I didn't know about. Uh, so this is uh, news. Um, first things first, let's go through a couple of the other exclusives people are jumping out with. Uh, Sarita P is uh, talking about the Funkos, Daub, Skeletor and Pamphor Flocked. Um, yeah, uh, I quite liked that. I thought it was rather cute. Uh, admittedly, uh, Caroline also pointed and screamed at the screen and go, that's cute, like that. Uh, Scott um, is talking about the uh, NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja set, the Thorn from Hasbro, and the Sideshow Collectible prints as well, mainly the Ray print done by Adam Hughes, which he's pre-ordered already. Andrew English is uh, pointed out the Bottle City of Candor. Uh, I actually had to uh, quickly research who that was by again. It is indeed by a Twitter Tweeterhead, who I've never actually even heard of. Uh, but this is um, a, an item which is um, based on the... Uh, it's, it's 
half inches tall, top is statue of the Bottle City, and uh, it's in a glass dome, it's in a presentation box, and uh, you're going to, later on in the year, get the chance to get the plinth for it to go on. Because, of course, it's, uh, instead of getting it all in one go, you're going to get to double hit and uh, go for that. But no, it's uh, 44.95, and that's a rather uh, cute piece of uh, kit there. Um, Elves, um, are the ones, yeah, this is the, uh, the news that uh, someone's reminding me about. Funko have purchased Loungefly, uh, which I did not know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is, um, off the back of, uh, uh, two items that they're bringing out, uh, a, uh, um, a limited edition denim patch backpack, uh, 80 colors. Yeah. That I mentioned earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's a 400 uh, limited edition. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the 400 limited edition of the Stranger Things limited edition pack back as well. $45. Uh, both bags available at the Loungefly booth 5346 uh, directly across from Funko this year. Uh, so there we go. Um, right. Um, uh, interestingly enough, Monster Brand, um, which does some really high end uh uh, Star Wars jackets. I actually, per- me, uh, I purchased a jacket and I believe Mike Leventhal also, also purchased a jacket last, uh, at Star Wars Celebration. Um, they have some affiliation with Loungefly too. Um, uh, they were sister, sister companies from what I'm remembering. So perhaps Munster Brand is also owned by, um, Funko. But very interesting that Funko is branching out into uh, soft goods. Cool. Away from toys. Right. Um, what else did I want to quickly talk about? Um, sorry, it's just that there's been so much that's been announced this week. It's just uh, it's almost been difficult to keep up. Um, one of the other announcements that came from CCI is the brand new game creation cre- game creator connection. Uh, now they've been uh, doing for some time the uh, the comics uh, creator connection, putting together collaborators uh, in terms of writers and artists to uh, bring new content to the world. Uh, now for 2017, they're introducing the game creator connection, an opportunity for games developers, whether working in the industry or aspiring to do so, to receive valuable advice and insights and mentoring. Uh, this is going to be taking place between one and three. Uh, on Saturday uh, of uh, Comic-Con at the Santa Rosa Room, uh, the Marriott Marquis in Marina. Quite frankly, I think this is, number one, a cracking idea, and number two, that's too short a time. I think, in much the same way that the the comics created connection, I think that's a day's worth. It's something that you actually should just, you shouldn't just cram into two hours. I think that's uh, an, an insane short amount of time to get people involved. Um, you've got game pitch reviews. You've got, um, uh, yeah, it's it's basically uh, something that you can apply to take part in by go, uh, emailing uh, programs at comic-con.org, uh, including your first and last name, your email address, your field of interest, whether you're a student or whether you're working currently in the game industry in any capacity. Uh, if it's something that you're interested in, I would certainly check it out because uh, let's just talk about how much money games uh, are earning in terms of revenue. Um, it's just uh, a major source of uh, creativity. One, one field, one area that hasn't been brought up 
uh, at, in any, in any capacity is, um, Repop was doing an interesting thing at their conventions where they do something for the bloggers. They even had a blogger stage, um, and, or a blog, and a blogger area. Um, uh, you know, for people who, who produce shows, uh, for, for comics and, and theater and, and, you know, that are, that are all geek related. I'm not seeing anything like that at San Diego. It's kind of interesting that they're not doing something like that. Yeah. So just as, as a passing, a passing thought. Okay. What um, exclusives have jumped out on you, uh, Andy? Well, my free top three, uh, I'm going to go through them quickly. And number three is the Wonder Twins and Gleek. Uh, free set because I, I even though I'm not a huge Wonder Twins I'm not a huge fan of the Wonder Twins I I I I become interested in them since Smallville so I thought I was into they were getting out of the blue they're getting their own Funko set uh, number two is the Alex Ross sketchbook because I love Alex Ross I'm probably gonna pick that one up and now but which version are you gonna get because there's two there's the um the normal hardcover version and then there's an uncle sam version as well have I'll, you seen that uh, yeah i saw that i will go with the normal one as that's fine for me <laughs> and number one because i do, i do the flash pocket i definitely want to get um the star labs flash uh bad shot <laughs> yeah i kind of thought that one would jump out at you <laughs> oh no but, i've been popping up on them since i heard about it. i'm like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, like I, I, I think that's something I need to like on Thursday because Thursdays are usually like my lightest days uh, on a Comic Con except for Sundays. But like, I might try to head over and you know get a set or two. Fair enough. Uh, for all of the exclusives, of course, you can head to uh, CCI. It's on, uh, sorry, comic-com.org. It's on their homepage at the moment. It's not actually got a page uh, within Comic Con. Oh, in the Toucan blog, um, as yet, which uh, I found a bit weird. It's a separate post all of it on its own. So it's probably best to actually get it through the, um, the, the homepage if you want to check out all the exclusives. Uh, or of course you can go to the, uh, utility belt of an Englishman in San Diego.com. Yes, I am working through them. There are still some bits I haven't got on there yet. Bear with me. Hopefully in the next couple of days I'll actually have that fully completed. But no, all of them will be listed uh, as available on the utility belt of the website. Um, and last but not least, um, I think I want to cover this. Um, I, I wanted to cover this earlier, but um, it's probably a good time to talk about it now. Andrew Dickinson uh, mentioned this as well. Uh, the deal that's been um, put forward that uh, Twitter has signed, uh, that they're going to be doing uh, exclusive uh, live streaming uh, from San Diego Comic-Con. They're doing a number of uh, IPs, actually. Uh, Wimbledon's one of them. I think there's a couple of uh, um, major sports, uh, uh, tennis games, or uh, um, sorry, football and baseball. They're doing all of that, but they are also uh, doing live streaming on Twitter uh, from Comic-Con. Now, this is actually going to be part of the IGN coverage. Uh, you're looking, I believe, at 16 hours worth of coverage over the course of the weekend. Now, um, Andrew Dickinson has pointed out that uh, as part of the announcement, it's saying that it's going to be streaming from Petco and also from the new Children's Museum. Interesting uh, point. I do quite like the fact that uh, Andrew is absolutely clinging, clinging to the fact that there's going to be some Nerd HQ content coming from the new Children's Museum, possibly. Although I think even he noticed also that uh, when I turned around and said, dude, 
you may just have to let Nerd HQ go. Okay? It, at the end of the day, Zach is doing the thing with sci-fi. You just have to take a deep breath and let it go. At which point that tweet was liked by Nerd HQ. Now I don't know. Now you just you can't tell what they're thinking. So we don't know what's going to be announced from uh, Children's Museum. As far as I was aware, the Children's Museum is still blocked off as a spare space in their calendar. So we don't know what's actually going to be coming from there. It could be an IGN home base, perhaps. Um, so um, we have yet to find out. In terms of the um, content from Petco, I can imagine that's just going to be kind of like roving report stuff uh, in terms of them going to Conival and doing kind of roving reports uh, from there. I think that still comes under the remit of what they were saying in their announcement. But the new Children's Museum, at the end of the day, who knows? Uh, Andrew Dickinson, no, IGN is hard rock. Okay, in that case, anything can happen. It's uh, all up in the air. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Sooner rather than later, we will find out. Okay, um, I do want to start wrapping things up. I didn't want this to get to a two-hour show, so let's uh, wrap, this, wrap things up. Is there anything that you think that we can talk about, Alyssa? Just Weekend TV. I knew you were going to say that. Absolutely. I it's a very short one. There is hardly anything new happening this week. Um, it's all about 4th of July and fireworks and parades and all of that sort of stuff. So that's where all the special event programming is happening. We did put together um, a few kind of eclectic uh, shows that people may want to binge. Uh, Babylon 5, if you haven't ever watched this, this was a nine, 1990s uh, TV show. Really, uh, the first episodic, you know, first um, long-form television that took a long time to develop based on a site on a, on a space station that's that's streaming free um Leonard's favorite uh Black Mirror uh is also on Netflix would you know that's you can just watch one or two episodes of that you don't have to invest in a whole five season series like Babylon 5 uh Santa Clarita's diet um just as being you know we're going for half an hour sitcoms of Comedy in Drew Barrymore in, in L.A. That's another fun one. Um, person of interest, if you want to get into, you know, episodic shows of, of whodunit. And another one for the family is Troll Hunters. And so just some ideas of if you get stuck and you're with family or, you know, you just you want to binge something. There's some ideas. You can find the link on my blog. Excellent stuff. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Week in TV. Thank you very much indeed. Right. Um, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. I know I knew this was going to be a long show. We had a lot to cover, a lot to talk about, uh, and hopefully we've squeezed in as much as we possibly can. Of course, do head to uh, the Friends of Comic-Con forum for all the updates uh, when it comes to what they're talking about. And uh, you can, of course, uh, keep an eye on an Englishman in San Diego.com. I am going to be spending a week blitzing this thing. I can see me having two hours a day of sleep just to kind of uh, catch up and get everything sorted. Because I fly a week on uh, Monday. Uh, I'll be heading out to uh, LAX. Oh, go on, Alyssa. What would you like to talk about? Well, I'm just reading the comments. Angela Copley said Attack on Titan Season 3 was just announced. Okay. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I I don't know. She doesn't say anything else. Um, yeah, 
there you go. Um, and uh, Andrew Dickinson is saying, uh, take a, you know, take a look at, at your airline flights and double check and your hotel. By the way, hotel uh, confirmations from on peak have been going out. Uh, people have been getting notices. So double check on that. I'm going to be checking on my Bayfront um, on Monday. Yeah. So we're just going to be keeping. What's that story? As I uh, tell us, uh, you got the Bayfront? Um, yes, a friend of mine uh, got an extra room at the Bayfront. Ah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I can't so, complain. I'm, I can't complain because I'm staying at the marina, but it's like Bayfront was my number one choice, but you know, maybe next year. I, I was looking for, I was hoping for the Hilton gas lamp. That was my, I, I prefer to be on the other side of the tracks. Sure. So, anyway, moving on to keep Leonard under us under two hours. It's not going to happen. Leonard, back to um, you. Okay, yeah, it was just a case of saying thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Um, we are going to be talking about uh, films of Comic-Con and uh, those to-be-announced panels. Uh, of course, it is going to be a uh, schedule show next week, so we are going to be covering all of the schedules, or as much as we possibly can of the schedules uh, in the show next week. Uh, we're also going to be joined by Helen O'Hara from Empire Magazine to talk about those TBA announcements. Uh, so we'll see uh, what uh, her informed opinion it will be about what we could actually be seeing from people like Warner Brothers, Marvel, et cetera, et cetera. So all of that uh, starts rolling out as of Wednesday, Thursday, uh, with all the uh, the uh, panel announcements. We're also going to be paying close attention as well to social media, uh, because at this point, as far as we're, I'm aware, nobody has yet landed a Saturday badge for Conan. Uh, so we are going to be paying close attention to that. Hopefully we'll get some uh, updates from that in the next uh, couple of days. Um, so thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Uh, Alyssa, where can people find you online? At Friends of CCI for my Twitter handle and at uh, www.friendsofcc.com. Excellent stuff. And I know that we have kind of kept Andy on a leash. This is not being good. Uh, because Andy is always best when he's left to roam free like an excited little puppy, talking about stuff and really getting involved in the show, but we have had a lot to talk about, so we kind of had to, he was just, you could see him in the corner of the screen just going, I want to talk now. No, I, I, raised my, I raised my hand once because I had a question for Rob, but then you kind of, he kind of like answered already, so like, I was like, I was like, I don't want to interrupt, so I'm just going to like, pretend I'm back in high school, just like, awkwardly raising my hand. Rob talks in paragraphs. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely long form. (laughs) Well, it's it's been a pleasure to have you on the show again. Thank you so much indeed for uh, coming on, especially talking about the stuff you are very much passionate about. Um, Where can people find you online, uh, Andy? Well, first of all, thank you for always having me on. I'm always having a blast uh, coming on the show. Uh, People can find me on Twitter at Andy Babak. Uh, that's all for my handle for Facebook and Twitter too and if you want to see all the works I do for Eric Hollywood the Flash podcast the Marvel Port the DC podcast network it's all on my bio you just click on the li- on the handles and just follow those pages excellent stuff thank you so much indeed for your time and uh, for myself you can find me on uh, all the social medias mostly at Englishman SDCC and you can find my work at uh, an Englishman in San Diego.com. as always if you would like to support us and what we do here on the hangout please head to patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC thank you so much indeed for joining us today I know it's been a little bit of a hodgepodge of a show but I think at this point Everyone is just getting so excited and there's just been so much to talk about and there's still, we could have carried on going. There is so much that's been announced this week. 
we're going to try and cover as much as we can. We might even do, uh, I'm going, I did, I haven't mentioned this to Alyssa yet, but I was hoping that perhaps we might try and organize something for Thursday as just kind of like a midweek catch up because I can imagine there's going to be so much more to talk about this week. What do you say? What do you say we do an incidental? I can do that. Let's do it. Okay. We'll sort this out in the next couple of days. Uh, keep your eye on uh, Englishman SDCC on Twitter because uh, I'll do my best to uh, get that organised and we'll do an incidental show uh, in the middle of the week because, uh, yeah, not that long to go. I fly a week on Monday, which means uh, we are going to be doing the show in two weeks' time from Disney D23. And this is where I'm now going to put an open shout-out. I'm looking for somebody who isn't going to Disney D23, who has a laptop or a computer that is willing to host the show. Basically, I will give you my login details and you host and direct the show and we will be the live report because I know that Alyssa is going to be there. I'm going to be there. I think Alyssa is going to be there. I know that she's kind of not sure now. Contact Leonard if you are willing to do it, and we'll see what needs to happen. We'll see what needs to happen. Oh, basically, <laughs> yeah, but basically, we would like somebody to uh, possibly help us out with directing the show. That would be rather handy. But uh, more details on that uh, as I post something in the next couple of days. Do take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. More stuff to talk about next week in terms of schedules. Keep your eye on CCI uh, on uh, comic-con.org uh, because, of course, uh, all the uh, official announcements start rolling out Thursday. It's going to be a busy week. Do take care. Enjoy the rest. And of course, happy 4th of July, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy yourself. Overindulge and have yourself a great time. No, don't overindulge. Yes, overindulge. <laughs> for one, Bye, for, what, for Bye. one day, you can overindulge. Bye. <laughs> take care. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Peace. Peace.